podcast. It's the podcast about writing and taking it easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. This week and next week, we are talking about um, probably one of my favorite books on creativity, I want to say. Um, we're talking about Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh famously known for uh, Eat, Pray, Love, but then she wrote this wonderful book about creativity, and we both read it, and we're going to talk about the first half in this episode, and then the second half in the next episode. Yeah, I'm excited, and I also, like, I'm excited because I have I have a lot of reactions to this book, both good yeah. and bad, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I... This is actually the second time I read it, and the first time I read it, I it was you know it's on my Kindle, and I highlighted like everything. It's just like oh my god, it's this and this and this and this and this. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of thoughts too. Um, so the book has in is in six sections. So we're going to talk about the first three now, and there's a lot to say. So I think we should just jump on in. Yeah, let's get started. Okay, so the first section uh, is about courage, and. Uh, and, and being, you know, then fear of creativity and how to handle your fear and how to be strong enough to be an artist. What were some of your uh, reactions to this section? Anything big that jumped out from here? Because I got a ton. <laughs> I mean, there was there was so much. I will also say, like, I was listening to this on audiobook, so I caught a couple of quotes and went back, but, you know, Audio is harder yeah. to like navigate. So you, didn't, you didn't memorize it as you heard it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. But I would say, like, when I listened to this, I listened to this section twice, and the first time I listened to it, I was like, "Yes, I agree with everything," um, because there is so much fear that prevents us from moving forward on any kind of project. It's very intimidating. Um, the fear mm-hmm. of failure is very real. We've talked about the imposter syndrome, like all of these pieces there's just so many examples of folks facing this and letting this mm-hmm. be their like the gatekeeper, like the the thing that keeps them from ever even pursuing something creative. So I love how she talks about like acknowledging it, getting over it, like moving forward. Um, what mm-hmm. I resisted was like, I read it again and I was like, Oh, I'm like, this is a very like a gross oversimplification of like what's happening when people have fear, especially as they move further into the creative process. So like that was one of the things that I got caught up on a little bit, but I did, I did grab one quote, um, which was, uh, the only truly fearless people I've met were straight up sociopaths and a few exceptionally reckless three-year-olds. And those aren't good role models for anyone that I love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's a really good point. Yeah. It's going to be fearless. Like, "Mm, no, I also liked the uh, the uh, characterization of your fear is like a mall cop who thinks he's a Navy SEAL. Yes, <laughs> I love that so much. Of just like the lockdown, go go go! Like like he's totally thinks he's in charge and it's not that big a deal. I I resonated with that a lot to be able to just kind of take that fear and and not take it as seriously as uh, as you might. Um, the it, yeah, and then the metaphor at the end that I really liked was. Uh, talking to your fear and basically saying, all right, fear, we're going on this road trip. I understand that you will be coming along uh, because I can't get rid of you. You have to be here, Uh, but you are not driving. And I was like, ooh, I like that thought too. You know, these are, yeah, these aren't going to, you know, solve a lifetime of anxiety. Uh, But I feel like they, 
are good little pep talks that you can give yourself in the moment to maybe kind of help you reframe what you think so that when when fear does come, and it will, you might have some, some good mental uh, weapons to kind of keep it at bay. Yeah, I think it's important to ask yourself, like, to feel the fear and then ask what's driving that fear because there are definitely mm-hmm. contexts where it is fear of it is fear of failure because I'm so excited about this opportunity that I want it to be successful. And that's a sign mm-hmm. that like, you should keep going. Like this is something you really want to do that you're invested in. Um, mm-hmm. Or there's the like fear that's not, it's based off of that, you know, that story or that narrative that you tell yourself that like, you're, you're not good enough or that you will always fail or mm-hmm. you're not creative. And if you're realizing that's what's triggering the fear, then like by all means, that is something that you just, you kind of ignore, right? You like, you acknowledge it, then Mm -hmm. you set it aside and you keep going. But I think there's also a fear of, and and this is where I get caught up in the imposter syndrome. Hmm. There is, sometimes it's the story you tell yourself, but sometimes if you're the first in a room full of people that are different from you, that imposter syndrome is very real. And so one of the issues that I have with this book is it has a very limited perspective of yeah. like how to overcome some of these things. And that's like, this is who she is, right? Like she's a white middle-aged yeah. woman writing the story. It's very much yeah. geared to that perspective. But I'm like, there's a different level of fear about pursuing something creative on a stage where people are going to judge you differently because they don't believe you're that's qualified, really- right? So like that was one of the things where I'm like, no, there are other ways to deal with it. Like you can't just say, I'm going to ignore it completely because the stakes are higher. And I was thinking about this with um, like, uh, oh, the DC universe and like women directing mm-hmm. here in Hollywood. Like they don't like to give big franchise movies and action movies to women directors. They don't believe that women can direct it. And you had Wonder Woman come out and there was so much scrutiny and pressure placed on the director, Patty Jenkins, to be successful. And if she had not been successful, we would not have another woman directing yeah. one of those franchise films for years. <laughs> so like, yeah. there's like that kind of imposter syndrome, fear of failure thing wrapped into the creative space, especially because there are so many gatekeepers and there's so many people that say, nope, this is who writes, you know, it's white men. This is who can write this genre. This is who can write mm-hmm. these things. And um, so that was one of the things that I had like pushed back on. Yeah. So you feel like it, it just ignoring it, just, you know, uh, uh, setting it aside is not enough. You need to do a little bit more work is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't think it's enough to just say let just to ignore it because it's real and it exists yeah. and it's beyond just like, oh, I feel insecure about my own work or my own ability to do it. Like there's real stakes and real pressure around yeah. fitting and, in. And sometimes there's real people sabotaging your work too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a really good point. And yeah, you know, she is a, a white middle-aged woman. And as a white middle-aged woman, I was like, yep. And I didn't even see that, which is why I like talking to you. <laughs> um I think I think that's still I think there maybe there's two ways of, of looking at it. I think definitely as you are sitting down to do your work. Well, I don't know, maybe not. No, I'm 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 lying because I'm still thinking in the in the context of, of a writer. Like if I have it's time for me to write this thing. I think at that point you do have to kind of take that just sit over there in the corner fear and leave me alone. But I'll, but there's more to it than that. Other parts of the creative process 
you you can't ignore it. And that's that's definitely more complex. And that's definitely something that needs more um, more uh, uh, work, more acknowledgement. Does that does that make sense? Does that yeah. sound fair? I think that's okay. right. I think when you're starting out at the beginning of the creative process and you're looking at a blank page or you're doing those first drafts, like you have got to just set it aside. No, acknowledge that it's real and you've got to plow through it anyway. Um, but then mm-hmm. it's like when you've got that first draft or that you know second draft and now you're starting to try and figure out like how do I get this ready for the world? Like that fear is a different kind of fear than what she's talking yeah. about, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and it's important to understand that that is different for different people, and that, yeah, and that you can't you can't just sweep it under the table. It, it's going to take more work. Yep. Okay. What else did you like about this first section? So I can tear down. Just, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. Hey. Great. 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 No, I think it's just I like very much the idea of not taking your fear seriously because you know i i also have anxiety and one of the things that i learned in therapy from anxiety is just because you're afraid of it doesn't mean it needs to be afraid of right because mm-hmm. that was that's something that happens a lot for anxiety is you you hear you there's something you're scared of and then because you're scared that gives it legitimacy and uh and to to break that you know and that happens in i think creative work too you know you you are worried about you know, is this going to work? What are people going to think? Am I going to do it right? And and the fact that you are afraid of that gives that fear legitimacy, but you can't do that. You have to acknowledge it as fear, acknowledge where it comes from, and then not uh, let it control. Yep. Totally agree. All right. We got to keep moving. We got two more sections to go through. Uh, and the second part is enchantment. And in enchantment... This is the, the, the part, the thing I remembered most from this book, when, from the first time I read it, when you said, oh, we're going to read this again. I was like, oh, I remember this story. And it was the story about the book that, that she, that jumped from her to Ann Patchett. Yes. <laughs> that was wild. And I, I like, I, I haven't, I wanted to, want to go find that book and read it just, you know, out of curiosity. But basically, uh, the story is that, uh, Liz was writing this, was working on this book, and then, you know, she got the idea. She talks about the ideas of being their own thing. The ideas are out there in the world, and they want to come through us to become alive. And so we are a conduit for those ideas, and we need to uh, work with them. And if we don't, they go away. Um, so she talked about this time that she had an idea, and she worked on it for a while, but then she had to stop working on it. Uh, but then she met... Ann Patchett, the author, and you know, really, they really got on and then later found out that she was writing a book that was like the, almost the same as the one that she had been working on but gave up on. Um, and it wasn't a, like a, a plagiarism thing. She'd never told her about it. Like there was no point where she said, here's this book I'm working with that like had never come up. There was no way. It was just that, that, I, that she feels the idea... The, the, and this is where, kind of where the title comes from, The Big Magic. The idea that wanted to become in the world was realizing that Liz was not going to be able to do it for her, so time to jump over to Anne. And Anne was able to escort it into reality. What would you think about that story? <laughs> I, uh, 
I like I kind of was like, yeah, I hear you. This feels a little hippy dippy for me, but okay. <laughs> like, like I understand the views and it's weird because I'm like, I'm super like, ooh, like we manifest things and I read tarot cards. And mm-hmm. so like this should be something that I'm totally bought into. And yet I was just like, I also don't believe that I don't I didn't believe the idea transferred or left her because she didn't have yeah. time to pursue it. And I do think that if both of them wrote the book, it would be different. Like, like They'd that's totally this idea that yeah. like if I have it, if we have the same ideas, it doesn't mean that we cheated or we plagiarized or we stole the idea and now somebody else can't write this story. Like we all bring our own perspective and voice oh, and tone to it. Like I, so like that was the part where I was like, yeah, but that like, she didn't, it didn't leave you. Like you just lost yeah. interest. Yeah. All right. I, my, my little hippy dippy heart was completely warmed by it. I loved it. It's totally um, that is right. It's totally this yeah. like muse romantic. Yeah. And she, and she does talk about, about muses and about, um, that, but having a genius versus, versus being a genius, she'd actually given a, there's a Ted talk. And if I can find the link, I'll put it in the show notes that she gave about this sort of topic. Um, where she talks about how the genius works through you rather than you doing the work. You know, you're there to be a conduit. Um, and that I, I find that a kind of a, a freeing way to think about it because it kind of takes the pressure off. I mean, you're, you have to be there. You have, a, you have an obligation to your, to your muse, to your genius, your idea, to go out there and do your work. Um, but you're not alone. You've got this other power coming through you. Um, and I like that idea very much. I didn't like the, yeah, if you don't get on it, it'll, it'll leave you like, oh, that made me feel kind of sad. But, uh, you know, she's like, but no pressure. Others will come. It's no big deal. Um, yeah. So I, I, I liked it very, I, I found it, like I said, my, my little hippie dippy heart just totally was like, yes, it's all magic. I loved it. <laughs> the, the, the idea of like this genius or like this mm-hmm. sort of muse like that resonates with me and I do think there's a difference between like some people can have a whole career writing but they have one work right that just stands out among Mm -hmm. all the other stories or the books and I think there's there's I don't want to say like it's this mythical writing process where like only certain people have the talent or the connection or the muse or whatever to tell stories and therefore if you can't do that every other thing you write is garbage and you shouldn't publish it or like shouldn't pursue it because i think there's they're like everyday stories that are great but we only get one harry potter right like we only get one like there's certain works that are just become iconic and i do believe there's some kind of other greater thing at play that like makes everything come together at the right time with the right Mm -hmm. author so you're you see the the magic not as uh an everyday thing you see it as like it's something that sometimes it comes together and that's when that's when the magic is there it it's it's when the the confluence the harry potter happens and woof and and then that's that's where the muse and the genius comes in but you can still write perfectly well just normally and in fact you probably should to try to gain the attention of the muse and to you know be ready for them when they come but it's not necessarily just a everyday thing yeah, I don't I don't think so. And it's not to knock the like everyday. I'm like 
people who write 50 novels, people who are New York Times bestsellers, I don't think they all have the greatest books, right? They're not going to be the mm -hmm. books that people remember in 20 years or 50 years. But like every once in a while, that big magic, I think, happens in certain books. Yeah, so so it's it's there. It's just a question of how you feel it manifests itself, which is nice because we're, we're talking about, you know, woo-woo magic stuff. So we're able to do however we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, whatever works for you, man. If you and, and, you know, I think it also can be a little scary, right? To, when you sit down to write, you know, thinking that there is this divine power waiting for me to show up. <laughs> you know, and now I have to be there for like, no, that could be a little intimidating for people. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see why maybe you wouldn't want to go there. But there, there, it's good imagery. It's all good imagery. It's just a question of how you want to swim. Yeah, and how you want to let it impact your writing, right? Like, if it keeps you from writing, then that's not, that's not working for you. Yeah. There, it's it's like, like so many things. It's all the, the metaphor that we use to describe it. Like, everything's a metaphor, right? Like, even math is a metaphor to describe these concepts, mm -hmm. right? The number five doesn't mean five. It's a metaphor for five. It's kind of deep, I know. And so these are all metaphors that we can use to describe the reality as we see it or as we need it to be. And so you just use what works for everything. All right. And then, and so, yeah. So now when we go to the third section, persistence, um, this was, uh, you know, is it kind of in the same, same boat, same sort of theme of a combination of mystical magic and good old hard work kind of are the things that come together. The one quote that I liked very much is when she said, she says she's a deeply disciplined half-ass, <laughs> which sounds kind of wild. That's, um, that's me. That's <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that's me. What do you mean? Well, because I feel also, like I am somebody who I love to plan. I love to have structure and routines. I'm an outliner. Like I'm very disciplined in like, setting up and have the intention of being super disciplined. But then like mm -hmm. when it comes time to do some of those things or I'll like, you know, I get bored, I get like distracted, I procrastinate. Mm -hmm. So it's like, eh, like I know I'm supposed to write every day and I'm supposed to get up at 6 a.m. to write before I start my other job. But if I do that two out of five days, <laughs> well, that's still good, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's that it's that that pressure that that balance you have to have between I am doing you know great work where you know again or this divine being is channeling through me to to create works and also it's like you know guys this is just a story about a werewolf so <laughs> you know no big deal right like it's just a book you guys it's just a movie it's not a big deal like I don't have a contract um, you... so yeah no. <laughs> like... You just have to do you, know, you have to kind of be both. Right, you have to both take it seriously and not take it seriously, and both worry about the outcome and not worry about the outcome, and I, I found that very helpful to know that you can do both because so often the narrative is one of perfection all the time and dedication and 100% or 0%. Those are the two options, yeah. um, and to just kind of say like, no, 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 it's it's kind of both, so don't don't sweat it, but you know, show up, get your work done, you know, do do what you got to do. But don't kill yourself over it. Yep. I don't know. I, I get I get back and f I go back and forth a lot. Because if I don't take it seriously enough, then I won't bother to do it. But if I take it too seriously, then I psych myself out. And if I'm nice and casual, then I feel free and can write well. But if I'm too casual, I'll sit and play video games instead. 
still research, right? Isn't it research? <laughs> yeah, totally research. Oh my god. There is no better feeling, because I'm writing something historical right now, there's no better feeling than when I go, oh, I need to look this up, because <laughs> then I can research for you know another hour, and it, it counts as work, but it, it's not as hard. That's a, yeah, that's a... <laughs> no, it is, it is very, it's so tempting, it's so easy to do, to get lost in that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just going to research so, this, because I don't exactly know how to finish this scene. So I'm going to, like, yeah, look up this let other me, thing. Let me just find a name for this character. <laughs> I just got to name this character. Let me, let me look back in the birth records for, you know, origins and symbolism of this thing. And, and you know what, Mary, you just write a little, I put a little bracket, and I say, insert name here, and then I close the bracket, and I move on. <laughs> Fix it later. Fix it in post. All right. Well, those are the three main sections. Did you want to say anything else about the persistence section? I don't think I had any other notes on that section. Okay. Yeah, yeah the, the things I had is just about writing without focusing on the outcome. And then, yeah, here's the, the last thing is the evil trick about perfectionism is that it disguises itself as a virtue. Mm. And that, that's, yeah, that resonates a lot for me. Yeah. Because people say, oh, yeah, no, I'm a perfectionist. Oh, that, that must be their great. Oh, wow. But, you know, they're also ruining their lives. Like, well, yeah, sure, but they're perfectionists. So don't be perfectionist. Agreed. Can't do it. We'll echo that. All right. Well, on that note, I think we should wrap up because we've gone really long. Um, uh, next week, we will talk about the second half of the book. If you have not read this book, I personally recommend going out and get it. It's, uh, I found it really helpful. A um, lot of really good nuggets in there. And then if you want, read the second half. And then next week when we uh, talk about it, you'll know what we're talking about. Yay. All righty. Um, well, I think with that, we'll wrap up. And uh, so then I'm just going to remind you guys that writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.